you will demonstrate my justice. And as you go forth, I will make you strong. I will make you firm. And I will guide you. And I will watch over you. I will preserve you. I got you as you go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Fight the Power, and this is part number five of that series. And this is entitled, I Got You. The Lord's got you. Say, say with me, God's got me. And you'll find out what we mean uh, by that as we go on. So let's go ahead and do our confessions. And uh, of course, you can read them with me and uh, you can read with me. So the first one is, I am an overcomer. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am blessed because Christ was made a curse for me. I am seated in Christ and with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of God. I receive power and authority over all the power of the enemy, and I shall not be hurt. The greater one lives in me. God has commanded angels to protect me and my family every day. I declare the word of God with boldness. Every day, in some way, I advance the kingdom of heaven in the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so that's our confession. Oh, yes. Let me, let's welcome our online community. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Welcome wherever you are, wherever you are all around the world. We celebrate you and we thank you for being a part of this service. And as always, it is our prayer that as we are ministering here, the power of God is moving greatly there. So we have you in mind today and we're praying for you. All right. All right. So let's go back into Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew six, and uh, let's Continue with this. Matthew 6, verse 9 and 10. And this is how it reads. Jesus telling us to pray here. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? In earth, as it is where? In heaven. Now, we said last time that uh, it's God's desire, and I want you to understand this, it's God's desire for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, the earth that he's speaking about sure is the planet, but most important, uh, the earth he's speaking of is us, is us. Remember in the book of Genesis how he created us from the, or created our flesh, our bodies, from the dust of the dust of the earth, dust of the ground, from the dirt, right? So he's wanting his kingdom to come, his will to be done in us first, in us first. And as we, as the Father uses us in the earth, change is brought about. Are you hearing me? Are y'all hearing me today? Praise God. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that all distractions are, are done away with in Jesus' mighty name. So here in Matthew 6, chapter, verse number 9 and 10, the Lord says again, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So this is the Father's desire, and this is what he wants. 
He wants us to manifest the kingdom of God in the earth, manifest the kingdom of heaven. He wants us to manifest his will in the earth. So he wants us to be a reflection of that. I recently saw a movie. Um, some of you may have seen the movie Aquaman. I don't know. It was a very, very special, special kind of movie. It has some good parts in it. But one of the main things I liked about it was that he was a man of two worlds. He was a man that uh, had a uh, citizenship there in Atlantis, and he also was a man of the, of the earth there, so to speak. He lived among the earth people, you know, on dry, on dry ground, right? And it's somewhat, of, it's somewhat of the same thing with you and I, because you are here in the earth, but you're also a citizen of heaven. And you have different rights and privileges that the normal man, the usual man, does not have. The Bible declares that you are born of God, that you are born again. And because we are born again, we, are citizens, we have been made citizens of that invisible kingdom. You have resources at your disposal that the man that is not in relationship with God does not have. And this is what the Bible talks about. Because the Father tells us that he sends us into the earth. We're sent forth into the earth to bring his kingdom, to declare the kingdom, to declare the good news that he has uh, declared the good news of what he has done through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that his will be done. So wherever, wherever things are out of order, we are meant to come and bring that order in because we're citizens of a different kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, to that end, we looked at uh, Isaiah 42, Isaiah 42, verses 5 through 7. Isaiah 42, verses 5 through 7. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that at this moment, I thank you, Father, at this moment that burdens are being, are being removed, that yokes are being destroyed. Father, I thank you at this very moment that I step into you and step out of myself. And I thank you, Father, that at this very moment that your will is being done. I thank you, Father, at this very moment that lives are being changed, set free, and delivered. Father, thank you that you're helping us to change, to grow, and to become new even at this very moment. We thank you, Lord. The gospel is, is the same. But how we present that, how we present that to the world has changed. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom. We rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Isaiah 42, verses 5 through 7. It says this out of the New Living Translation. God, the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. Now, this is what we would say here in verse 5. Uh, this is God's resume. This is who's speaking. The one that made you, the one who gave, who, who gave you breath, the one who is in control, says, hear what I'm saying to you. Hear the words that I'm about to say. And this is what he says. And it is he who says, verse number six, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. 
I will take you by the hand and guard you, and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. Now, we started here on last week, and I really want you to get this. So the Lord brings me right back here this week to make sure that you understand this. The Bible says again in verse number six, that I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. Now, this is a prophecy concerning Jesus the Christ, concerning our master, our Lord, our Savior, our King, our God. Now, as this relates to him, it also relates to us being his body. We are the body of Christ. So as the Bible speaks about Christ here, he is also speaking about us and what he has called us to do. This is why this is so very important. Now, remember there in Matthew, the sixth chapter, our role is to pray, thy kingdom come, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So we're bringing about the reality of heaven into earth. We're bringing about the reality of heaven in earth. And that's not an impossible thing as we are submitted unto the Lord and as we simply just believe. Just believe. Just believe. And so the same thought is being brought forth here in Isaiah 42. So verse 6 says, I have, I have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. The, another word for righteousness is also justice or what is right. I've called you to demonstrate what is right. I've called you or empowered you or gave you power to bring about justice. In other words, wherever there is oppression, where there, wherever there is, and you'll see this, wherever someone is bound, we because we can be bound in sickness, bound in disease, bound in depression, Wherever the enemy has a stronghold, I've sent you there, I've summoned you, I've called you to demonstrate my rightness, to demonstrate my righteousness, to demonstrate what is right. In other words, set things in order, bringing the will of the Father into the earth. So you're sent to do this. You're the one that the Father has invested with supreme authority through Christ Jesus to make change in the earth. But you've got to believe this. You've got to believe this. And so he says here, he said, I have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. Now, I want you to notice something in particular here. We're going to see this out of the uh, Good News translation, same Isaiah, uh, the 42nd chapter, Isaiah 42, verse number six. I want you to notice something here. And it says, I, the Lord, have called you and given you power to see that justice is done on earth. Through you, I will make a covenant with all people. Through you, I will bring light to the nations. Now, if you weren't very perceptive or, or if you weren't really paying attention, you missed something. Let me show you what some of you may have missed. Because there, the Good News Translation is a great thought-for-thought thought translation, but it left out, it omitted one entire phrase. 
And this entire phrase I just read to you, for you, out of the New Living Translation, it is also in the King James Translation and in many others. But I want you to see this because I want you to know, like a, a King James Version is a, is a word-for-word translation. Then you have others that are thought-for-thought and phrase-for-phrase. In this case, the Good News Translation completely left out one sentence altogether. But if you weren't listening, you did not hear that. So let me read this to you again, uh, the New Living Translation, which reads more correctly. Then I'll read to you again the Good News Translation. Let's see if you can pick it. Let's see if you can detect the difference. Verse 6 says, uh, the New Living Translation, I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you, and I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide the nations. All right, let's go back now to the Good News Translation. It says, I, the Lord, have called you and given you power to see that justice is done on the earth. Through you, I will make a covenant with all, with all people. Through you, I will bring light to the nations. Now, they did read a little bit differently, but that's fine. But one phrase was left out. The phrase that was left out was, I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will take you by the hand and guard you. Now, why is that important? Understand, the first part is your commission. The first part of the verse is your commission. This is what the Father has called you to do. You're going to demonstrate his righteousness. You're going to show the world what is right. Again, this is a prophecy concerning Christ, concerning what he would do, and it's also a prophecy concerning us. Remember, Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go into my Father. So as Jesus was called to show the world what is right, you're also called to show the world what is right. So the Lord said, I'm calling you to demonstrate my righteousness. So that's the part, that's the commission. This is why he called you here in the first place. This is why you are born again, a part of the church in this hour. And then he tells you what he will do for you directly. He says, I will take you by the hand and I will guard you. I will take you by the hand and guard you. Now, this word, I want you to hear this in in the Hebrew and really understand what this means. The Hebrew words, uh, uh, hazak, hazak yad, uh, means take you by the hand. Now, this take you by the hand or this hazak yad means to make strong, to strengthen, or to make firm. So as the Father commissioned you, he said, I'm going to take you by the hand. In other words, I'm going to make you strong. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to make you firm. Firm meaning unyielding. Unyielding. He says, this is what I'm going to do with you. So obviously, before this point, you were not strong, you were not firm, and you weren't strengthened. But as the Father takes you by the hand, he empowers you. And this is what you should expect, and this is what you should declare over your own lives. You can pray this prayer like this, Father, you have called me in righteousness. You've called me to demonstrate your righteousness, to declare to the world, to demonstrate to the world what you are really like, to reveal heaven and the earth, and I receive the power, I receive the strength that you're giving unto me. 
Now, the Bible says that he will take you by the hand. Again, Hazek Yad. And that means, of course, to strengthen, uh, to, be, to make strong, to make firm. And in, in the actual process of taking you by the hand, it also means to guide you. When I take you by the hand, when, I, when my children were small and I would take them by the hand, that, would, that, mean, that meant that they are going now where I'm leading. They are going where I lead. In other words, the Father is leading your life. You can expect him to guide your steps, to direct your steps. He is leading you. So not only will he, not only he, not only is he promising uh, to strengthen you, to make you strong, to make you firm, but he also promises to guide your every step, to guide you. Now he also says, it says he that he will take you by the hand and and guard you. Uh, but he says he will take you by the hand, Hazek Yad, and then he says he will guard you. The word God, the guard there is not seer, not seer. And not seer means, uh, it means to guard, to watch, to watch over. It means to keep, uh, to keep safe. It means to preserve. So simply, the father says, as I'm walking with you, as I'm guiding you, as I'm strengthening you, I will keep you safe. I got you. I will preserve you. Now, why would the father say that? Why would he say, I'm, I'll keep you safe. Uh, I'm guarding you. I will strengthen you. I will make you firm. He's saying that because of the commission that he's given you. What's the commission? You will demonstrate my righteousness. What's the big deal? Because understand, there are a lot of things in this planet, on this planet that are out of order. Their sickness is out of order. Uh, like we said a moment ago, depression is out of order. All these things, all these negative and evil, hateful things are in this world today that are unlike heaven, that are unlike, that are not the will of God for our lives. The father said, I will send you there. And as we read there also in the book of Luke, uh, where you will crush that you will crush uh, the serpent and scorpion and, and all the power of the enemy. There are things that the devil has done that demons have done trafficking in and out of people's lives, poverty and, and all these horrible things that are in people's lives today. God said, I'm sending you in there to make things right. I'm sending you in to show them what I am like, to show them that there is a better way, to show them that there is hope, to show them that there is an answer, that they don't have to live that way. They don't have to live in fear. They don't have to live in anguish. They don't have to live in hopelessness. They don't have to live that way because I have made them a better way. And so I'm sending you in there, child of God, and you will demonstrate my righteousness. You will demonstrate my justice. And as you go forth, I will make you strong. I will make you firm and I will guide you and I will watch over you. I will preserve you. I got you as you go. I hope you're hearing what the father is saying here. And so the very next phrase, I want you to see this now. This is so important because this was an omitted verse. Why is omitted? You're going to have to call the publisher about that. But this principle of power, of giving you power, releasing power to you, and preservation, power and preservation, this principle is all throughout the word of God. The power and preservation principle is all throughout the word of God. And the power and preservation principle simply says 
uh, the one God empowers, he will preserve. The one God empowers, he will preserve. He will preserve. This principle, remember that, power and then preservation. Power, and then the Lord says, I got you. Don't worry about what you see, about what you hear. I got you. Are you hearing? I got you. Now, we can see this again in Isaiah 42 and 6. So the Lord says again, I will take you by the hand. Rather, he says, I, 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 the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. So again, there's power. You're going to demonstrate. There's power to demonstrate. You're going to demonstrate my righteousness. That's power. And preservation is, I will take you by the hand and I will guard you. I got you. Now, let's look at this also in Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10. It says, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy Lord, rather, rather, for I am thy God. Listen, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Again, there is power and preservation. He says, I will, uh, I will strengthen you. That's power. And then I'll uphold you. That is, I I'll preserve you. I got you. These two go together. You see this also in the book of Joshua. Joshua, the first chapter, verse number five. He says, there shall no man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. That's power. That's power. He says, as I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's preservation. Power and preservation. Power and I got you. Look at uh, Psalm 23, verse number one. Psalm 23 and one. If you, if you, you may miss this one, but it says, the Lord is my shepherd. That's power because he would do things that you cannot do. Remember, a sheep does not have claws. A sheep does not have fangs. A sheep does, cannot defend himself. A sheep is dependent upon the shepherd's power to defend. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. That's power. I shall not want. In other words, I got you. That's power and there's preservation. Let's look at just one more. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse number 10 and 11. Ephesians 6, verse 10, 11. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. That's, pres that's preservation. The Lord said, I got you. So as you go about in the earth, Remember that you're on an assignment from God and you are not there alone because the presence of power means the also the, that you have the presence of preservation, that God is with you, that he will lead you by the hand, that he will protect you, meaning that there is nothing that will, that will come up against you, nothing that will threaten you, that he is not giving you the ability to overcome. Yeah. You're going to have to confess that I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And I would say this to you as well. If you do not confess that you are an overcomer, you're probably being overcome. If you are not confessing that you are an overcomer, you are probably being overcome. 
Many times in life, we go through struggles in our life, not because, oh, you know, God has forsaken you or, or bad things just happen to people. I guess it's just my time for bad things to happen. No, many times in life, we go through things because we fail to fight. We fail to war. We fail, we fail to call on the name of the Lord and declare his word in the situation. There is a thing that the Lord told us about many years ago uh, with Pastor Nelson. The Lord gave us the phrase, unnecessary suffering, unnecessary suffering. There is some suffering in life that is unavoidable. You're going to have to just simply go through it. But then there is other suffering that you don't have to go through, other pains that you don't have to go through. But you'll go through them because you choose not to fight. You choose not to war. I hear people say all the time, well, I really don't have time to pray. I have to work all the time. No, the phrase should be, I really don't have time to work because I have to pray all the time. Which one are you putting first? The work never, the job never, the boss never, the supervisor never gave their lives for you. They did not give you breath or strength. But many times we put them last, we put uh, God last, and we simply put the dollar first. When the dollar calls, I have to answer. But the dollar can't save you. Put your priorities in order. Don't put God as the first of your list, as the first one on your list. He should be the list. Nothing else should compare to him in your life. He will give you what you need to do. He'll give you what you need to say as you put him first in all that you do. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So when you look at this principle of power and preservation, you can see it very well in the life of Jesus. He whom God has empowered had excellent preservation. As a matter of fact, Jesus was unkillable unkillable. He would not have died. He says very plainly that no man takes my life, but I lay it down. He had ultimate power, unrestricted power, and there was unrestricted uh, uh, preservation. The father was always with him. He would not have died. He laid it down for you and I to fulfill his assignment. And as you allow the power of God to flow in your life, let me tell you that nothing's going to happen to you until your assignment is completed. Jesus had to go to the cross. Many others had to be martyred. I don't know, I don't know your end, but I do know that you will not meet your end because you are preserved and that you are watched over. You will not meet your end until, until the appointed time because you are preserved. But listen, these things can occur in our lives. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians how there are many are weak, sickly, and die prematurely because they did not discern the Lord's body. They didn't discern the Lord's body. In other words, they didn't realize that they didn't realize the benefits that Jesus had given unto them, how he had already made a way for them. The Bible declares plainly that it is by the stripes of Jesus that we are made whole. That we are made well. He has come, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and, and have it more abundantly. These words must be declared, and we have to believe in that and, and stand on that. 
You say, well, I've said that and I don't see it. Keep on saying it. Well, so I pray that and nothing's happening. Keep on declaring it in prayer. Keep on believing that. I would rather live in faith than die in doubt. I would rather live a life of faith, believing, believing that the Father would come through than to live in doubt or die in doubt. You just simply have to make up your mind who you're going to serve. Now, I'll say a few more things and then we'll close out today. And so going back to verse number six, it says, it says, I and the Lord have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. Listen to the very next phrase. And I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide the nations. Notice it is the Father that gives you to a people group. It is the Father that gave Jesus to Israel, and it is the same Father that will give you to your group. Whether your group is your home, whether your group is a classroom, whether your group is someone on the job, whether your group, maybe you're in law enforcement and you're a policeman there, or maybe you're a doctor or a lawyer, but there's a certain segment of people that God has called you to, and he will empower you to, uh, he'll empower you to do what? To open their blind eyes, heal their bodies, set the captives free. He'll empower you to bring heavenly justice into their lives. He will empower you to, to go to those that sit in darkness, that they would see a great light. He will empower you to be a light unto them. You, in fact, may be the only Jesus that they'll ever see. You may be the only scripture that they will ever read. You. The Lord said, I've given you my authority, I've given you my power to demonstrate my righteousness in the earth to a dying and hopeless world. There are people committing suicide. There are, there are people who have thrown away their relationships. All they need is a word from the Lord, or they may need a kind word, or they may need a smile. I'm not sure what they need, or maybe they, they just simply need somebody to, to show them that they care. But the Father says, I empower you to demonstrate my righteousness. And then he says after that, he said, I will take you by the hand. I'll guard you. And then he says, you will be a symbol. He says, you, I've sent you to your people group. There are people that you are sent to. Maybe you're sent to the nursing homes. Maybe you're sent to the homeless. But wherever your assignment is, the Father said, I'll empower you and I'll preserve you there. You don't have to worry about when you go. I got you. I got you. And the last thing I want to bring out today is that he said that you will be, he said, uh, as of Christ and to us. In the, in the New Living Translation, it says that, that Christ would be a symbol of my covenant. He said that he would be a symbol of his covenant, a symbol. In the New Living Translation, a symbol. You would be a symbol of my covenant. But Jesus was not only the symbol of the covenant, he carried the covenant in his blood. Covenant means a pledge, a promise, 
an agreement of what the father would do. A covenant was his word. A covenant is a testament. Jesus carried the New Testament in his blood. A covenant is God's agreement with man, an alliance. This is what I will do for you. And Jesus carried that within him. He was that covenant. He was the uh, New Living Translation says again, he was a symbol of that covenant. In other words, when they looked at Jesus, they could see the word of God in flesh. They could see God's agreement, what God had agreed with them in flesh. They could see the love of God in flesh. They could see the peace of God in flesh. When they looked at Jesus, they knew that God loved them. And when we look to the Lord today, when we look to the cross today, that tells us that God loves me, that he forgives me of all of my sin. When I look to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I know, I know that my past is redeemed and that God is not holding my sins over my head. I know that, I know that he loves me with a surpassing love and that I am as sure for heaven as if I were already there. I know it. So Jesus would come and represent God in the earth and we would come and represent Jesus in the earth. You represent Christ, and Christ represents God the Father. You will represent Christ, and Christ represents God the Father. Jesus, the Father saying simply, I'll send you down as a symbol, as a sign of the covenant. When they look at you, they'll see me. By the same token, when the world looks at you, born again believer, they should see Christ. And when they see Christ, they should see God. Are you hearing? So again, you may be the only Bible that they will ever read. But if we're hypocritical and judging and looking down on them, if we say, oh, you know, you have this sin in your life. God doesn't want you. That's not Christ. Because remember, the Bible declares in John, the third chapter, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, calling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, not counting their sins against them. Are you hearing? It is the same example I've given you before. As the three-year-old, the three-year-old is outside playing, playing in the mud. And mama has just purchased some nice white rugs and some nice white furniture, nice pretty leather furniture. And the whole living room is white. And the three-year-old is out there just having a good time stomping in the mud, and he's full of mud, he's falling, and he's having a good old time laughing in the playing outside. Is mama gonna say, you can never come in this house again? No, what is she gonna say? The child is always welcome in her presence, but the mud is not. By the same token, the Father loves you. He loves you, but the sin he does not love. So what does he say? You can't come to me because of the sin? No. He says, let me wash you through the, through the blood of sacrifice, through the blood of Jesus. I'll make you clean because the Father knows the difference between you and sin. Just like mama knows the difference between you and the mud. When mama looks out, she sees the mud. She doesn't condemn, oh, you. Or by the same token, if a mama sees her baby, newborn baby, and the baby has a dirty diaper, does she say, 
Oh, you crazy little baby. Oh, you don't know what you're doing. Oh, you terrible. No. Mama knows the baby going to poop. But what if she doesn't throw the baby out? She cleans the baby. Mama knows the difference between the baby and the poop. By the same token, God knows the difference between you and the sin. And he simply tells us all, come. There are many that are stuck in dark places. Many that are stuck in dark places that won't come to God because they say, I've sinned. But the father says, I know the difference between your sin and you. He says, I want you. And I've made a way for you to be clean. So just like the mother would say, hold on, son, let me take you here to the mud room and let me clean you off. Let's put those dirty clothes into the washing machine there. And let me go ahead and clean you up. Let me clean you up and let me, let me wash you off. Let's get some good soap on you. Get all that off of you. That's what God wants to do. Get all that off of us. When you're dirty, you know it. You don't need somebody to tell you that you're dirty. You feel it. And as God tells you, he said, I'm not concerned about the mud. It's you. I know how to clean you. I know how to make you whole. But you have to give yourself to that process. But still, some would say, I can't come because I am dirty. Well, that's why you need to come, because only he can clean you up. So, Father, today, we rejoice in your ability to clean us and to, to keep us. Father, I pray for my friends that are here, your beloved that are here, and the beloved that are right now watching and listening all around the world. Father, I pray that in that moment of weakness, in that time of despair, that the light of Christ would shine into their lives. And Father, that your light would shine so greatly, so greatly, Lord, that it, that it would cause the enemy to know that you're present and that your light would also drown out those voices of discouragement, those voices of condemnation and shame. Father, cause your light to shine so much through us that those that are around us would see your love, would see your kindness, would see your goodness. And Father, I pray that your people would know the power that you invested into them, that, that they are agents of change to bring hope to a world in chaos, to bring peace, to bring unity between God and man. Use them, Father, for your glory. Use them, Father, for your glory. Use the body of Christ. And Father, I pray for all those that are listening. Lord, if there be any storms in their lives, I pray, Father, right now in Jesus' name, that those storms cease to blow, and that the peace of God that passes all understanding would keep their hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We give you praise today, and we love you so much. Bless your people, Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. 
We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.